uh, persistence is king. And I know you're going to hear that a lot or don't give up or don't have fear. But, you know, like the way I describe it is there's days when I'm, a, I'm kind of afraid of heights. And I, there's days where I feel like I'm, my job is to go walk on the edge of a 70-story building and look down and like just swallow it and, you know, get on the train, start working. And I, it's, a, it's a, you really have to press yourself past your comfort zone to uh, not pay attention to the negative, to focus on where you're getting uh, traction and, and momentum and, um, and believe in your, you know, your passion, what you're working on, uh, focus on building a network of people that really buy into your dream as opposed to uh, spending your night staring at the ceiling thinking about why somebody told you you suck. Uh- Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us, grab some time with us to chat. We're always happy to help. Now, today we've got another great guest on the podcast, Chris Stavros. Starvos, if I can pronounce it close to being right. Um, so Chris came out of high school and entered into the uh, dot-com workforce. So started out as a support tech, then went to project management, um, did some things on the engineering side. And then after the dot-com, dot-com bubble, I'm getting tugging tied all over the place today. Um, <laughs> or after the dot-com bubble, uh, worked in the educational system for a while um, to build software platforms for various um, college and other services. Um, and then went over to a digital agency to work with the uh, Fortune 100 businesses, um, and then left that uh, left that to found an enterprise portal company, um, and been doing that for the last 15 years. Um, platform allowed you to share your files and uh, to work on, or to get some work done on the platform, and he'll grab a, a lot more detail, I'm sure, on that uh, as we chat. So, with that much as introduction, welcome on the podcast, Chris. Hey, Devin, thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Excited to have you on. So I gave the third or 30 second version of a much longer journey, but tell us how uh, your journey got started uh, coming out of high school and getting into the, the dot-com workforce. Yeah, so uh, I actually got exposed to computers really young, um, had some data entry jobs even while I was in high school. Uh, I think really where my sort of career journey started was I uh, got lucky. I applied for a job in a local paper uh, for a small software company that was doing pre-press workflow software, and they were uh, kind enough to hire me as a sort of a lackey in the office, but I very quickly got sucked into the support uh, operation and uh, sort of worked my way up through the ranks there. So I learned um, Linux by looking over the shoulder of college students that were doing it, um, started to uh, work more on the product management side. And, uh, and during the dot-com bubble, uh, had some really interesting opportunities to work with companies like Apple to bring um, Unix servers to the market. Uh, spent a lot of time on the road, a lot of time in trade shows, some of the you know big uh, shows of the day, the Macworld and Seabold uh, and Drupal kind of shows. And um, it gave me a really um, broad exposure to what the technology was doing, how it was being applied in different disciplines, everything from uh, business to education to consumer space, even though, you know, at that time it was just sort of a fledgling uh, 
uh, space. And so I just was, I, everything that related to computers, I was sort of, you know, enamored about. Um, I actually took a break from it for a while while I was going to school and, and moved to an area where I didn't have access to the technology and ended up coming back and working for the same company a couple of years later um, in a sort of a more mature role, uh, started to run parts of the operation, get involved in product management, running the support group. And um, what happened was I, you know, I decided to branch out on my own at the right around the time that the dot bomb happened. Uh, I started a small a company doing technical consulting. And well, let me just ask one quick question. You decided yeah. to do that on your own. Is it, did you have the foresight? Did you think that the, you know, th you could see the writing on the wall that the, the bubble was about to burst? It just happened well, to be fortuitous timing that you just happened to get out at the right time or kind of what you know, made you decide to transition? I think, um, but I was anxious to sort of go off and realize the opportunity that was uh, the, the promise of, you know, where this technology and uh, consumer technology, computers in general, enterprise uh, computing was headed. So I, you know, the bubble for me was um, something that I experienced, but I wasn't part of some huge startup that fell apart, uh, you know, and went off the rails. And so it was more of an observation of, what was going on in terms of the spend and how companies were burning through capital and not necessarily sort of get to the other side of that dream. But, you know, I also grew up watching companies like uh, Apple, which were the underdog for decades, uh, you know, scrap their way to being, you know, the, the king today really because they were focused on things like user experience and the quality of the technology. And so I wasn't so much um, paying attention to the business cycles as I was looking forward to the opportunity. I happened to make some bad timing decisions. And frankly, I was a kid, I was, you know, 22 years old and didn't know what I was doing yet. But it was my first sort of entrepreneurial foray into doing something independent. And it really became the foundation for what we're doing today. In some ways, uh, I cut my teeth in terms of understanding how to work with customers and solve uh, very unique uh, custom technical problems. That's um, actually sort of, it was a huge foundation for uh, what I ended up doing in the agency space in the digital agency space in terms of creating unique custom solutions for large brands. So it was a great learning experience. I mean, I, I learned how to create a business and, you know, get insurance and, um, and, you know, register an entity and uh, go out and fish for business. But I also, uh, you know, it was early in my career, uh, I didn't have any obligations. And so it was easy to sort of transition into something uh, that worked. And where I ended up uh, was working for the Cal State system. So I uh, took a job with the local university here, uh, Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, and uh, working for their IT group, I started by running the modem pool and um, creating the software that was used by students and other and faculty and staff to get connected to the internet. Um, transition into a role uh, where we started a program to create a unified web interface for all of the different campus systems that were used, everything from matriculation to registration, uh, going through the campus life cycle and even interfacing with students and, or excuse me, staff and, and alumni. Uh, now, let me, and let me just ask one question just because I'm kind of curious because I mean, what made you decide to go into the educational, uh, you know, software path? And you know, was it, hey, I have a great idea, and I think it's can I can do something there, prove on it, or did they approach you, or kind of how did you go in that direction? Yeah, well, so it was a sort of a it was a couple of um, I guess agendas. One was that it was an opportunity to work in an enterprise technology field at a very large scale. So uh, this campus is uh, is pretty 
sizable in terms of the number of students and faculty and the institution in terms of the resources. And so I, it allowed me to use a lot of the skills that I had developed in the small software space and uh, pre-press technology and sort of move into a space I was very interested in in terms of dealing with large volumes of users and internet connectivity and solving sort of the broader problem of tying together different technologies to make a business run. And I also wanted to go back to school and I, you know, sort of had a uh, a vision for finishing out um, what I had started in terms of my educational journey. And I and I never actually got to the other side. I ended up being so heavily steeped in uh, what I was doing from a career perspective and in terms of what we were doing. I mean, in a lot of cases at the time, we were doing stuff that wasn't being taught yet. I think that the, that landscape's changed tremendously, but uh, it, it was, we were really pushing the edge of the envelope. Uh, we brought Wi-Fi to campus. You know, I was one of the first people to be able to walk around with a laptop on campus and get uh, get on the internet and browse the web. And at the time that was, uh, you know, it was incredible. Uh, people would look at you as if you were an alien walking around with a laptop doing something like that. So I, it was an opportunity to really play with uh, what is, has become sort of very commonplace enterprise technology now in terms of connectivity, uh, security, interoperability, and being able to glue together uh, different systems to solve a, a broader problem. and. That really was the foundation for my everything I do now uh, as it relates to integration and, and solving technical problems. It all sort of ties back to this concept of using uh, a, a framework, a frequently called enterprise portal framework that's used to tie together disparate systems to create a unified user experience on the front end and that can also serve as a, an exchange for data uh, expert systems and other um, systems of record to, to be able to exchange that information and also uh, augment it with additional information to drive the business where there's no home for it. So uh, both from a data warehousing and identity management and uh, a user experience perspective, what I really did is I got very deep into the world of creating a custom sort of wrapper around all of these different technologies that uh, campuses and other businesses make an investment in in order to create um, you know, a holistic uh, workflow and experience for users that are using it to drive the in this case, it was campus operations. So uh, I, it was great because it gave me an opportunity to play with technology at scale. Uh, I learned a lot about politics uh, in large institutional settings and how to uh, really get um, different uh, factions inside of a business with different um, you know, drives uh, to get on board and, and embrace uh, technical change and disruptive change in a way that um, that makes a difference. And I, you know, what I'm so excited for today is they're still using uh, at the today on campus and across the CSU, they're still using the same uh, portal foundation that that I established there a couple of decades ago. So that was really a wonderful opportunity to get, you know, steeped in big boy uh, IT uh, and understand not just the, the technical challenges there, but also um, how you finance that, how you manage it, how you deal with rollouts. Uh, very large scales and in mission critical businesses and um, and that was great I, so I really I sort of walked out of that uh, that space with a very uh, strong sense of uh, how to solve those kinds of problems and what I was hungry for at the time was to do things that were a little bit sexier and more uh, consumer facing you know I saw the wonderful things that were happening in terms of web development this is pre-mobile uh, pre-smartphone even and um, it just so happened that uh, I 
bumped into an agency that was up and coming here uh, in the area called Level Studios, which um, has turned out to be uh, a darling in the digital agency space. Uh, it's been known by other names these days, uh, Sapient Razorfish, um, uh, uh, Level uh, Web Associates, but uh, it's basically a small firm here that was servicing uh, really exceptional brands, um, building applications for companies like Apple and Cisco and Roxy and Quicksilver and Monster Energy and um, Aon Hewitt. I mean, we, it was really, uh, it was an opportunity to be able to build the very cream of the crop in terms of uh, custom applications that drive business uh, either partner to partner B2B or consumer facing with the richest, richest, you know, uh, most engaging user experiences you can possibly imagine. Um, and working with teams of professionals in the design uh, and, and um, application development camps that were just yeah. basically building stuff from scratch because we were working with brands that had the, the budget, the vision to do that. That was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Let me just uh, dive in just kind of one question on, on some yeah. of that you're hitting on, um, which is, you know, for those that are watching the, the, the video version of this, um, you can certainly see in the background that you have the, the make C, you know, uh, make C uh, banner and, and, and some of that, that you have going on now. How did that fit in with doing some of the enterprise portal or software and doing that with the educational thing? Is that a continue on or expansion of that? Is that because I think that that now gets into the augmented reality, virtual reality, is that still geared towards the educational platform? And is it just an expansion of that? Or is it something different that you started or kind of help us understand how that plays into things? Yeah, so, you know, um, Macy has been through its own sort of evolution. I left the digital agency space and started a business that was building and hosting couple of custom applications for uh, these kinds of uh, brands, both back office and consumer facing. But the goal of that uh, company was to serve as a foundation for doing stuff that we were really passionate about and wanted to bring to market as our own uh, IP. And Macy uh, originated as a place to store evolving intellectual property for makers and 3D creators as folks, especially in the 3D print space and uh, in verticals like education, um, it's essentially a repository, a better place than uh, a Dropbox or Google Docs to uh, store and capture projects and knowledge that are is being exchanged between teams and evolving over long periods of time uh, where we want it capture and, and retain that information so that the next generation of users can use it. So in education, it's all about the next uh, uh, class coming in and being able to use the project work from previous uh, classes and uh, businesses. Oftentimes it's about capturing IP before it exits the company and uh, keeping it in a safe place, being able to keep track of attribution. So you know who to call uh, as issues come up. And um, what we really are as a content management platform that uh, has a lot of focus on uh, attribution and is based around a project workflow. And what happened was uh, augmented reality, virtual reality has been a technology space has been super interesting to us for a long time. And, uh, you know, a new class of hardware hit the market about two years ago now and APIs uh, for that, those new classes of hardware to be able to do um, development and create user experiences that were, uh, that are still today 
disruptive next level, uh, very different than what we think of when we kids think of the sort of traditional concept of uh, VR, uh, the ability to mix content with the real world, to be present with other users and share it as if we're there together, to be able to take our audience on a journey to other locations that we can't travel to safely or have access to. And so as we started to uh, study that technology, we came to a, a couple of really exciting conclusions. Um, one was that uh, it's really hard to get your own content, one's own uh, materials into mixed reality on these AR and VR devices like Magic Leap and HoloLens and even the Quest 2 uh, for collaboration and sharing. I can um, experience, you know, very highly polished stuff that's been produced by movie studios or game studios or that's been pre-baked. But what happens when I want to share material that's important to me and part of my daily charge? And so we saw an opportunity there to help solve that problem. Um, there also wasn't one easy way to collaborate and have any sort of a co-present experience with that content. And so uh, and we also understood that um, when you're creating these kinds of experiences, you need a place to curate all of these assets and materials that go into these experiences, place to write down notes and instructions, a place to be able to launch the experience uh, when users are surfing for it and reading through to understand you know, whether it's worth their time. And what what we realized was Makesy okay. has that solution. So uh, Makesy is it really the, the a platform that makes it easy to create those mixed reality experiences and to curate all of that content uh, that comes along while you're doing that production work so that you can focus on sharing the content with your audience and having that co-present experience. Awesome. No, that, that definitely makes sense. So now help me understand, because I, I that was a great explanation of what makes he is, but it kind of missed the question, which is perfect, perfectly fine. But now I'm, you know, where I'm trying to understand is, you know, you've been doing the 15, you know, 15 years in, in academics, you did yeah. a lot of the software, the platform, and then you have make C over here. Yeah. Is that one company or in other words, where are you at today? In other words, you know, you yeah. had the journey, you did the, you were in the educational area for, you know, 15 years plus, and then this yeah. came along. Is it one in the same? Is it one more focus on the other? You should chasing two things in parallel or helps understand kind of where you're at today. No. So what I've described to you was sort of my career journey. Uh, those were jobs that I took with different companies that, you know, paid a salary for my participation. Uh, I left uh, the digital agency space and founded the company that is the behind uh, Makesy as a brand a company called Omegabit. And um, we started Makesy as a platform, as a product uh, of Omegabits about five years ago now, focused on that originally on specifically in the 3D uh, design and maker spaces. And that uh, sort of organically included uh, educational institutions as a natural fit because uh, schools are often using uh, 3D design and, and maker workflows as part of STEM programs. Um, so Makesy is, uh, is, is our core business today. It's the product that we sell into different verticals uh, through channel partners that are using this platform is a vehicle for uh, delivering experience in mixed reality that are relevant to their users. We have uh, a lot of customers in the educational space, um, as an example, but we're also working in other places like media and events and entertainment and energy sector and elsewhere where uh, this is a very universal technology. Uh, the way I describe it is, you know, I to sort of no, I think that makes sense, but rather than dive quite into the technology, and we do have a different um, podcast series for that, and definitely love to have you on that, more of yeah. a journey of just kind of, it sounds like today, this is the primary focus. In other words, make C well, is real. Oh, it is. Ahead. 
but I, but what I'll tell you is that everything that I've done up to this point in my career has fed into what we're doing at Macy. We're working very heavily in education and understanding how to uh, provide solutions in that uh, in that market and that ecosystem that fit and that are cost justified and that are relevant from a STEM and learning perspective is a huge deal. Um, but also my experience in enterprise uh, technology and building software solutions for you know, large fortune size companies has uh, given us a lot of insight into how to drive innovation and disruption inside of businesses to allow them to differentiate, to uh, get ahead of the competition, to be more efficient, to do a better job of engaging their customers. And so we're, I, I uh, and my team, a lot of which I've worked with in some of these previous roles who have joined us as a company today, are part of Makesy uh, and our company that are helping solve this problem now using this new class of technology. So Makesy is awesome. uh, is my company. I'm the founder. Uh, it was seeded out of you know years and years of um, of learning uh, how to solve these problems using enterprise computing technology, and now with this new class of hardware uh, devices that have come out on the market, we think it's a game changer in terms of what you can do to influence your audience compel them, help them understand better, uh, do a better job of selling and training and supporting. No, and I definitely get that. It, I, I said, and I, I definitely encourage everybody to check it out more. Cause I said, I think sure. that it's, it's certainly a great platform, has a lot of applications, a lot of uses. Unfortunately, we don't have time to go into all of the pot or no. all of the details of the product. And so, um, but it definitely is insightful to kind of what brought you up to where you're at today and kind of what things are going on. It's been on. a natural progression. Yeah, sure, absolutely. absolutely. So, with that, as we start to wrap now towards the end of the podcast, and I said, I'd love to have you back on and we can dive much more in depth into um, the, the what you guys are doing today with Make C and, and how that uh, or how that company's evolved. But with that, as we jump to or towards the end of the podcast, I always have two questions that I ask at the end of each episode. So hey. the first question I always <laughs> ask is along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made and what'd you learn from it? Uh, oh man, I've made a few, I guess. Um, worst business decision, and I've probably done it a couple times in my career, has been to try and uh, have a go out of it uh, on on my own or with a small team, you know, thinking that we could pull off uh, something spectacular, um, you know, with little time and resources. So I've learned a lot about how to really understand the hidden cost of doing things and how uh, what it requires to engage others and get them uh, in, involved and on board in a way that creates real momentum. Um, but I think that that's, you know, uh, trying to do something grand with uh, in, a, in too small a capacity is a is it been a lesson I've learned a couple of times in my career and I definitely applied it to what we're doing these days at Make C. No, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of lessons learned and, you know, figuring that out along the way definitely makes sense and easy to make that mistake, but a great one to learn from. Second question I always ask is if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Uh, persistence is king. And I know you're going to hear that a lot or don't give up or don't have fear, but you know, like the way I describe it is there's days when I'm a, I'm kind of afraid of heights and I, there's days where I feel like I'm, my job is to go walk on the edge of a 70 story building and look down and like, just swallow it and, you know, get on the train, start working. And I, it's a, it's a, you really have to press yourself past your comfort zone to, uh, not pay attention to the negative to focus on where you're getting uh, traction and, and momentum and 
um, and believe in your, you know, your passion, what you're working on, uh, focus on building a network of people that really buy into your dream, as opposed to, uh, spending your night staring at the ceiling, thinking about why somebody told you you suck. Uh, those people don't get it and they don't matter. So, um, I, persistence is king. I mean that dearly. I've taught that to my kids and I hope that that's something that people walk away with. No, and I think that there there's a lot of, it's a simple, you know, there's a lot of different ways to say it and beat people that are on time. And yet there's a lot of uh, truth to it in the sense that, uh, you know, doing a, a business, whether, you know, any, or, and having any level of success or any level of uh, ability to sustain it is going to require a lot of that persistence, a lot of the, the time and effort to get into that. And there really isn't a replacement other than just doing it and diving in and being willing to uh, continue to work hard and dedicate uh, yourself towards uh, building something. So I think that's a great piece of advice. We've touched on it uh, a bit, but uh, for people that want to reach out to, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an investor, they want to be an employee, they want to be an, your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Yeah, uh, you can find me um, on LinkedIn. My name is Chris Stavros. Uh, I also could be reached through makese.com, M-A-K-E-S-E-A.com. We'd love to hear from you. There's some great examples on the site of how the technology applies. And we're really eager to see users apply this uh, for their interest and discipline. I mean, I, you know, the way I would just explain this is think of us as sort of like YouTube for augmented and virtual reality. We're putting the power of this technology in your hands to tell your story uh, to your audience. And it's about virtually any subject matter, no pun. Uh, so the opportunity is yours. We really are excited to see creatives and teachers and uh, influencers and sellers and others take advantage of this uh, to do a better job of engaging their audience and um, taking them on a journey and helping them understand. Uh, and we're here to help uh, participate that. We're really excited to be part of the journey. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to, to reach out to you on LinkedIn, on the website or any other way um, and, and check out uh, both the, the services you can provide and and, and, the, and, the, and, the, and make sure to support you guys. So with that, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for yeah. all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and uh, you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show. A couple more things. Uh, make sure to leave us a review, share, click, subscribe, however you can help us to share this with everyone else out there. So we want to make sure that everybody finds out about all the awesome journeys so they can be supported along their journey. And with that, if you ever need help with your patents, your trademarks, or anything else, feel free to go to uh, strategymeeting.com nice. and grab some time with us to chat. We're always here to help. Thank you again, Chris, and uh, wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Take care. Absolutely. Absolutely.